This episode of the Project Human podcast is with Stephen Williams. Stephen was diagnosed with incurable autoimmune inflammatory bowel disease in his early 20s, but through his determination to find answers, he has since overcome all symptoms. Stephen's story is not just about diet. When he was younger, he faced a number of challenges, which led him to find purpose as a strength coach and mentor. Welcome to the podcast, Stephen. Um, I actually haven't had any guests on so far where we've really spoken much about nutrition, which is ironic because it's one of my favorite things to talk about. Um, I think we'll get into your ideas on nutrition and also some of the, uh, the life experiences that you've got, which I think could be really interesting for people listening. Um, my understanding of your diet is that uh, it could be considered quite extreme by some people, um, but it's actually not that different to how I eat myself. I haven't really brought this up much on the podcast so far, and I don't even really bring it up that much with my clients uh, for that reason that I think that some people could consider it quite extreme. And uh, I don't want to lose people, especially clients. I don't want to lose their interest straight away um, if I present them with something that they think is too far out of what they're used to. But having said that, uh, recently I've been feeling a little frustrated looking around at people that I work with, members of the family who are having health problems. Um, and I really think that diet is a huge part of that. And I just want to be more honest and open about what I'm doing myself, what's working for me, what I see working with other people, and put this information out, out there for people. And people can either take it on board, hopefully with an open mind, or they can reject it. Um, but I think at least we need to have these conversations. So uh, from my understanding, you've been eating an almost entirely carnivorous diet for quite some time. So I'd love to hear how this came about and what your reasons were for getting into this way of eating. Well, if you want, if you want us to go to the root, I'll probably have to go right away back to me teenagers. Um, so I got into quite quite a bit of trouble as a teenager. Um, I had good parents, good work, hard working parents, but my dad worked away a lot, um, and I hated school. So I used to I started playing the wag from school. Um, basically because I, I couldn't stand the, the the lessons, you know, the data they were trying to ram into your head. And I was always in trouble for not getting good marks and stuff. And I ended up just, you know, not wanting to go most of the time. So it started off playing the wag. And I obviously I gravitated towards people who were other kids who were like that. And then I progressed on to shoplifting, um, gambling, taking drugs and um, burglary um, and my parents are like I say I had good good parents but my dad worked away so there was no strong hand to keep us um, you know to keep us in line and my mother my mother couldn't control us at the finish um, so when I was about 15 I got expelled from school and this coincided with my father uh, coming back from working away to start his own scaffolding business. So he threw me a set of overalls and 
said, yeah, yeah, I'll work tomorrow. Um, and that was that. I was I was I was in the construction industry from um, 16. I mean, I had a few had a few few days, well, a few weeks of experience when you know after I'd been expelled because I got expelled not long before the the final exams. I've been keep getting suspended uh, multiple times before that. Um, but the reason that the, 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 you know, like I've like I've touched on the reason that I, I went off the rails is because. Like I think some kids, uh, boys especially, they need a, um, you know, they need a strong hand to keep them in line, because they're coming to a time in their life where they want challenge, they want excitement, they want danger, and the regime that, that you know that they try to put put me through as a kid, it's just all the rules and stuff. I I, I became rebellious, um, but anyways, so I, I started working in my dad's company as a scaffolder. Um then when I was so th this carried on, I was running around the gang. And then when I was 19, um obviously I met a met a woman, had a couple of kids. Well, I had a couple of kids to two different women. Um, and I sort of settled down a little bit. Um, worked with my dad's scaffolding company, um, looking after my family. Yeah, but I still used to go out on a weekend drinking, taking drugs. And this went on right through my twenties. Um, and my dad got a big contract in Ireland, Belfast. Um, so I went to work there, and it just carried on, carried on over there. But then I came home. I think I was about twenty-eight. And there was um, there was a period. There was a period in my life that I referred to was when the shit hit the fan. And it and it happened as the the first thing that happened was I had a there was an incident in a bar. Um, with a window where I got half my nose severed. Um, and I got rushed to hospital. And they couldn't operate on us because the alcohol and the cocaine that was in my system, my nose, my nose was hanging by a thread. Uh, so when when they finally could do the operation, they sewed it back on, but then two weeks later, I was just dead flesh, that to remove it. So I had a big chunk, like, like I said, a big chunk, chunk at the end of my nose was gone. And then I had a series of unsuccessful operations performed by surgeons. I've got the scar in there as you can see over my head. And it was all unsuccessful. So obviously this totally changed me as a person. You know, I've been uh, happy-go-lucky, <coughs> confident and all the rest of it before, before it happened. But then afterwards, I sort of went into my shell a bit, lost some of my confidence. Um, but anyway, I, I ended up getting the getting the the damage repaired at a hospital in Leeds eventually. And I remember the first uh, consultation I had with the surgeon in Leeds, and he said, "Do you mind if me uh, students come in and listen in?" I says, "No, no, by all means." And when they came in, he said, uh, "This is why you never attempt operations like." And he mentioned the name of the operation that I had attempted at Charlie Bridge. He says because they really they really work and they leave a terrible mess. So like I say, he finally he finally done the successful operation that took bone out of my head and, and cartilage out of my ears and skin from the top of my head, uh, top of my forehead. Rebuilt my nose, done the best I could. Um, and then I just I went back to um, I went back to going out, but I didn't go out as much then. You know, I was into training and I was starting to uh, become much more health conscious and thinking about ways to improve myself. 
but I still was was going out, you know, but not every weekend. So I decided to get a friend offered as a job as a on door security at a nightclub in Newcastle. So I um, I took that up, and then I got diagnosed with it. Um, I was having I was having stomach troubles for a good few months. Um, I was seeing blood in the toilet and things. So I went for a consultation and, and uh, found that I got diagnosed with inflammatory bowel disease, incurable uh, inflammatory bowel disease, or severe Crohn's disease and uh, ulcerative colitis. Uh, so I took the medication for two years. And by the end of the two years, I was I was twice as bad as I'd been before. I started taking the medication. I now had additional symptoms. I had skin problems. I was getting headaches all the time. Um, so by this time, I was I was rock bottom. You know, I'd lost my health, I'd lost my confidence, and I felt as though I'd lost the ability to be happy in life. And it's so, I sort of came, I sort of came off a fork in the road. You know, I was either going to, um, I was either, I was contemplating taking my own life, or I was or I was going to take massive action to sort it out. So I started I started looking for information on the internet, trying different diets because I knew the medication was making us worse. Um, and I, saw, I trained at a local gym, and one of the gym owner uh, was a friend of mine. When I went in there one day, he was really excited to see, he says, oh, I've got, a, I've got a video I think you should watch. And it was by, the video was called Flatten Your Abs Forever by a guy named Paul Check. And he told us to ignore the cheesy title. So I, I, I took the video home, watched it, and I was blow, absolutely blown away by the by the information. And he talked about how their digestive system um, was the key to, uh, to health and disease. You know, it was the gateway to, to whether you're going to be healthy or whether you're going to be diseased. And if you're ever going to try to repair disease, you first try to you first got to repair the digestive system first. And he mentioned uh, and everything everything he referenced. There was there was the name of a book coming up on the bottom of the bottom of the screen. So I was ordering all these, started ordering all these books. And I became a metabolic titan advisor. I took a metabolic titan test and I came up as a, as a high protein fast, fast oxidizer, which meant that you ate mostly high protein, high fat, and um, very low carbohydrates. And, low, and you, you ate vegetables, but they had to come from low starch vegetables. So I started eating this way and I, I, I immediately began to improve. Um, and I was that impressed with the results that I ended up becoming a metabolic type advisor. And I'd done the course and became an advisor myself. And then I and then I started thinking to myself, why don't I start making a career out of this? You know, if I'm, I'm really interested in this, it's really going to help us uh, try and rebuild, rebuild my health on my own. Because by this time, I'd throw my medication in the bin. You know, the medication that they told us I would have to be on for the rest of my life. So I, I ditched the medication. And I decided to start studying under Paul Check, and I started doing his correspondence courses. And um, my health just went, got better and better. So I was a, I became a personal trainer. I sold my house. I went to London uh, for the gain experience. And I came back six months later. I would be tail between my legs uh, because the gym where I was working at in South Kensington were more interested in uh, you know pushing you to see how many sessions you could get. Where I was more interested in delivering quality, so I decided that I didn't want to work in a gym for somebody else. I wanted my own gym. 
So I came back. So I said my health had improved a great deal, full of metabolic type, but I was still getting flare-ups occasionally for no reason, things I couldn't put my finger on. Um, so I knew I knew the problem wasn't to, problems weren't totally rectified. So, but, but I just carried on. So I would be trying different ways of eating, but I always reverted back to the metabolic type diet. Uh, you know, the high fat, high protein, low starch, vegetables, way of eating. It became my default way of eating. So then I moved from studying with um, with Paul Checkley, Charles Pollockman, because I wanted to become a strength coach. You know, I've been lifting weights since I was, since my dad bought a set of weights when I was 15 trying to beef us up for the construction industry. Um, so uh, I started studying under Charles Pollockman um, and I went back to the construction industry at the same time to generate the funds to uh, buy, buy gym equipment to start off my own gym. So 2010, um, so 2003, I threw the medication in the bin. 2004, I started... You know, because I mean, I'm, I'm condensing the story. It, 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 it goes, we're talking a 20 year period here. So, from 2004 to 2007, I, I was personal training. Then I decided I was going to be a strength coach and I went back in the construction industry for a while. So, 2010, I came out of it and started my own gym. My father had just passed away. Um, and I, when I was studying at Charles Paulton, sorry, it was 2011 when I started my gym. And I've been studying at Charles Paulton. I became a level two uh, strength coach. Um, and I became aware of a guy called Louis Simmons through Charles Paulton. Now, Louis Simmons ran the strongest gym in the world back then, uh, Westside Barbell. So I started doing all of his courses and using his system. It was a powerful system, um, which he used to turn a load of local criminals into world champions. Um, so I started using that with myself and I started using it with my clients as well. And everybody got great results. Now, all the way through these periods, I keep chopping and changing the um, nutrition plan up. There was a period I was, I read it, I read a book called We Want to Live by Jonas van der Plaats. Um, it was a proponent of eating raw meat. And he cured himself all kinds of, um, you know, so-called incurable diseases eating raw meat. So I was eating raw meat for about a month, um, but I couldn't stick it. It was too bland. Uh, so when I was powerlifting under um, Louis Simmons and training with Louis, Louis Simmons' Westside system, I came across a guy called Stan Effin, um, who had a protocol called the Vertical Diet. And this was the first time that I've had a, really had a way to a much higher carbohydrate diet um, you know, from metabolic type, because I follow low carb mostly all the way. But I thought to myself, well, when I'm power, it'll help with the power lift, you know, the extra carbohydrates. So I, for, for a couple of years, for a few years, I, I was on the vertical diet and I got great results. Um, but again, I was still getting flare-ups. So um, over the years, you know, I've got, that, that's all I've done. I've, I've, I've been digging for information and applying it, same, finding out what works, finding out what doesn't, discarding it or keeping it in the programme. In 20, 2015, I went on Instagram, but I can't remember how long after I saw it, I came across a guy called Sean Baker, and he was a doctor. He was a big guy, you know, same age as me, and he was a proponent of a carnivore diet. 
Vietnam, meet only. So I'm, I've started reading these posts. And then, I mean, I've cut loads, I've cut loads out, but 20, about three years, three years ago, gone March, this will be 2020. Um, I started, I bought his book, The Carnivore Diet. And I started eating carnivore. And everything went away. Everything went away. My, my symptoms cleared up and just never, never came back. And the key was, it was all along, it was the vegetables that were, that were causing us the problems. Because since I've been eating meat, meat and fat, um, like I say, every, everything's just gone away. The so-called incurable autoimmune disease vanished. <laughs> now, I want to go back to um, about 20, 2011 again, to when I started the gym, because this coincided um, with my oldest son, who I, I didn't have a relationship with until he was 11 year, years old, because I didn't know him, you know, and I had two different kids to two different women. Initially, I've got four children all together, um, but he was the oldest. And, I, and because of feuding women, it seemed easier when I was young and irresponsible just to, just to, you know, just to forget about it. And I didn't have a relationship with him from when he was a baby until he was 11. Now, after the shit hit the fan and I had the accident with the window, um, I, made, I split up my girlfriend, um, my living girlfriend and my kids. And I ended up making contact with him again. And I, um, and I vowed that I'd, I'd repair the damage, you know, of not being there in his, um, in his, in his childhood. So we all went on a family holiday together in New York and everything went fine for years. But the problem was I didn't get into Sean's life. That's my oldest son. I didn't get into his life early enough to stop him going down the same path that I went down. Because when he hit his, when he hit his teenage years, he started going down exactly the same path I did. And I, I sort of lost him a bit. And he settled down and having, he settled down a little bit and had his own kids. But then he um, then he had a fight in the street with some guy. And he ended up going to prison for two and a half years. So when he was in prison, I thought, right, this is a chance to you know, get into his head and send him some books. I remember one of the books I sent him was Psycho-Cybernetics by Maxwell Maltz. Um, so anyway, he got out. Of, when he got out of jail, and it coincided with me starting the, the gym. Well, now I had a reason. He, he had a reason to come and see us all the time because he's getting free training, free training and coaching. And he's totally. It, it turns out, I've, he, he's, he's been by my side for all these years, and he's totally turned his life around. He's my assistant coach now in the gym. So um, the situation now is. I started uncovering this information when I was 36. I started passing it on to him when he was 24. And now he's passing it on to my grandson, Sean, when he's 13. So now my grandson, Sean, like eight, 10 months ago, he was found with weed in his pocket. So he's about to go down the same path that I went down and the same path his dad went down. So I said to my son, I said, you need to get a hold of him. You need, we, we, need, we need to put some disciplined habits into his life to stop him doing, making the same mistakes that we did. So he's been grounded. The result is he's been grounded for 10 months. He follows a strict carnivore diet just like us. He gets up at four o'clock in the morning. He trains four times a week at my gym and three times a week at MMA. He's lost two and a half stone. And his MMA, MMA coaches are saying that he's got a promising career in MMA. 
Now, this is the turning point because this is because what I've told the information that I've put into my son and he's put into his son at 13. Now, little Sean is going to put it in his kids from birth. So now we are breaking the, the intergenerational cycle of boys growing up without a father. So that that's that that about brings brings it up to date. That's, that's amazing, are. Stephen. I know you've uh, condensed a lot there into a few minutes. Um, and yeah, thank, thanks for sharing that. I saw your um, post recently, a uh, picture of your grandson. And I, I found that really interesting that um, he's he's taken on this carnivore approach and you've got him training. And I think you, you had some before and after pictures as well. That's right. So um, yeah, it looks like that's had a big, big benefit for him. He's he's physically in better shape. He's looking healthier. Um, I've seen a turnaround. Um, you know, he was he was. You would say he was really unhappy. Um, you know, he was overweight. Um, and the, and the turnaround has been um, it's been dramatic. And it's really pre pleasurable to see, and it makes us really proud. There's one thing I didn't mention um, with the carnivore diet. I was on the I've been on the carnivore diet for three years. Gone March, as I said. Now, all, initially, all the symptoms of inflammatory bowel disease went away, but I was still getting um, I was still getting skin breakouts. I was still getting headaches, and I still had um, you know what I would describe as energy issues. Um, so, me being me and being the way I am, I wanted to you know dig more and find out what what was causing this. So, I'm always looking for different um, different carnivore teachers and carnivore doctors. So I had always been um, followed, like I'd read Dr. Sean Baker's book. I'd read Paul Saladino's book, The Carnivore Code, Ken, Dr. Ken Berry's book. And also um, I've been getting information from Dr. Shafee and uh, Dr. Paul Mason. Now, Christmas Day last year, I was digging, to believe it, I was digging for information on my phone. And I came across a, um, I came across a 30-day challenge that Dr. Anthony Shafee was holding. So I joined it on Boxing Day because I wanted to get a, but I wanted to speak to more carnivore doctors to find out what was, you know, still causing these issues. <laughs> and what I found out was, um, well, I found out of Dr. Paul Mason that when you've got inflammatory bowel disease, there's three things got to be in place. First of all, you've got to have the right genetics, meaning the right parents. Well, my mother, my mother had um, inflammatory bowel disease. Secondly, you've got to have leaky gut. And that's when the foods you've been eating cause cause inflammation and end up call, causing a hole in your gut. And then you've got to be eating foods that aggravate you, that are leaking into the system through the hole, which cause an inflammatory response. So all those all those three things have got to be present for you to, for you to have inflammatory bowel disease or any autoimmune condition. And Dr. Paul Mason says once you've got inflammatory bowel disease, you're susceptible to 25 other autoimmune conditions. So anyway, I joined Dr. Shafee's challenge to see if I could find some answers of him as well about the skin issues and stuff. And I, and I <clears throat> so from um, from January first this year, I've been on a, a strict carnivore diet, which consisted of uh, beef mince, uh, hot water, and salt. Now the reason for the hot water was because my mother used to drink it when she was a kid, when I was a kid for bad stomachs, and she used to give it to me. She gave it to me on numerous occasions. And I swear on a good few occasions it worked. So I ditched the coffee on New Year's Day. So I said to myself, I think I might miss a hot drink, so I'm going to start drinking hot filtered water. 
So I started doing that. And the reason I was eating beef mince was because it's too, it gets too expensive to eat steak at every meal. So I'm following this beef mince, hot water and salt diet. And, I, and I'm in Dr. Shafee's group. So I've been in there about six weeks. And then, like I say, I was getting um, I was getting bloated and stuff off the, um, off the mince. So I asked Dr. Shafee the question. And he said that I might be one of the rare people who, um, who can't digest the gristle and the fat in the, in the mince. He says, and I should look up the uh, Salesby diet. So I've done some research and I found out there was this doctor in the 1800s in America called Dr. Salesby, who cured God knows how many people of how many diseases uh, you, with the so-called Salesby steak. And what he meant by that was, um, it was lean, very lean beef. There was ground beef, well, there was minced. So um, I approached me butcher and said, look, uh, the mince I'm getting is, is still causing us gut problems. Um, could you get it from a leaner part of the animal? So he started taking it from the neck of the animal. And then hey, presto, like I'm talking, everything's went away. And I've never I've not had a headache this year. Uh, all my skin's clear as day. Um, so literally everything's gone now. And right now, as we speak, it's I'm a full six months. I've had nothing but beef mince, water, and salt. Uh, yeah, I've heard of these kinds of stories. If you've been in the carnivore space for a while, you've probably very likely heard of Michaela Peterson as well. And uh, some similarities there with um, her having to just narrow her diet down to a more and more simple protocol to eliminate all of the problems she was having. Yeah, um, yeah I'm glad you brought up leaky gut and autoimmune. Um, there seems to be a, a clear link between people having this increased gut permeability and these autoimmune conditions. Um, you've been thinking about this for a long time, obviously, and uh, looking at different causes and looking at it from different angles. Um, do you think that this is something that you have to be on for the rest of your life? Or do you think there's some way that the leaky gut, if that's at the root of it, could improve and you could have a bit more dietary freedom? Without a doubt, it'll improve. Um, I think it's improved now, but I think Dr. Shafee said um, six weeks was enough to um, to heal leaky gut, but I wasn't I wasn't satisfied with that. So um, it's six months now for me, and I'm thinking about I'm thinking about just doing it for a full year. Um, like I say, everything everything's gone away, and, and the thing the thing with um, with the very lean very lean beef, the water and the salt is that I mean, who would ever thought that you could totally survive on beef? You know, the brainwashing is you, you, you need um, you need vegetables for fibre and you need them for the anti-cancer properties and all the vitamins and minerals and stuff. I never dreamt that, that I'd be able to live on beef. Um, so be, a beef diet, I mean, when you mentioned Michaela Peterson, I think I'm even more sensitive because like I couldn't even handle a steak, you know, like it's a steak that had um, you know, fat or gristle in. Like the beef I'm getting now is like it's really it's like four percent fat. Um and it's it's the ultimate elimination diet. So basically I'm putting food in that's like really easy to digest, and there's nothing in there that aggravates you, so it gives you a good chance to heal. So that when, when I do start reintroducing foods, the first things I'll be introducing are like, you know, the other meats, 
like um, you know, like pork and chicken, eggs. I have heard of that. Before I have heard of ever think about um, reintroducing carbohydrates or vegetables or anything like that, mm. I don't think I ever will, to be honest. I have heard of people saying that they do have to narrow it down to just one type of meat and that even other types of meat can aggravate their symptoms, um, at least in the short term. But then after a while, uh, they seem to get some improvement, probably that healing of the gut that starts to allow them to try a few more, probably a few different types of meat at first. And then if they so desire to bring in other foods. Um, well, Dr. So Paul Mason, really, really, he's an Australian guy, really smart man. Uh, he says if you've got a if you've got any kind of autoimmune condition, you should eliminate coffee, dairy, uh, pork, chicken, and basically just go to ruminant and ruminant animals. Um, My experience has been that um, I haven't had symptoms as severe as yours, but in my early twenties, I just started having multiple food intolerances, mm-hmm. and that happened after I was on some antibiotics for quite a long time probably too long. Um, and I was trying to figure this out for, for decades. You know, it's a, a long time. And most of the improvement that I've had, I'd say, has been within the last six months to a year. And during that time, uh, what I've cut out more than anything is vegetables. <laughs> and my, my diet is probably 80% uh, meat and the fat that goes with it, some egg yolks. I do occasionally eat some fruit and I occasionally eat some vegetables. I don't really have any severe symptoms um but yeah i think it's something that probably will affect people as we get a little bit older i think people are more resilient when we're young we can get away with we can get away with all kinds of things when we're, we're younger that we can't tolerate as well when we well, get well, older don Anthony don't have to he's got a fantastic uh, talk where you can find it on youtube it's it's called uh plants are trying to kill you and basically, the stand, what he means by that is uh, because plants don't have claws and teeth to, to, to defend themselves, they have these chemical message, uh, chemical defense, toxic uh, defense chemicals, which which caught that, that gut irritants. You know, they damage the gut of mammals. There's only certain, you know, animals that, you know, they've got the guts to, to eat them types of, of foods. And he, he says, when they're, when they're designed to eat them. Talks about the uh, one time we might have talks about the appendix being really small now, and it, 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 would, it would have been much bigger at one time. It would have been you know more suited for plants, but um, like I say, I've never I, I, I can't believe like how much my my skin cleared up when I when I took took plants out my diet. The problem the problem with me was I obviously still had the leaky gut, and I was I was like for the first two years eating the carnivore diet. I was eating, um, I was going, getting raw dairy from the farm. So I was getting raw milk first. Then I, I found out that that was aggravating us. So then I stopped the raw milk, but I started on the cream, raw cream. And I loved that. And I was, I was, I was eating boatloads of that. Um, well, dairy, A1 and A2 proteins are both inflammatory, whey and um, cassian proteins. But for people who've got the, the, the there's a lot of people sensitive to dairy, especially if you've got, if you've got autoimmune condition. So once I yep. took that out as well, like once I took all those out, and the only thing that was bother, bothering us when I, when, I, when I was on the beef-only diet was the mints that had too much gristle in. From there, I had to go to the ultra-lean mints. And once I'd done that, it was like, the turnaround was rapid. 
Going back to how we started this conversation, I mentioned that I haven't really brought this subject up much because um, I feel like it can almost close the door too quickly for people. Um, how do members of your family and people that you socialise with uh, react to what you're doing? Uh, a lot of them accept it now. I think it's coming, it's coming to the fore more now. But back, I mean, I've been eating organic food since 2004. I've been telling people about tap water since 2004. And I've, I've been looking at, there's people looking at me like I'm an, like I'm an alien back then. Um, but yeah, you're right. Um, you know, when you tell people that you only eat meat, they just, they just think, you know, you get, you get, a, you get funny looks off them to see how well, do you go to the toilet and, and stuff like that, you know? And it's What about social events? Um, family events or events with friends and that sort of thing? How do you handle those? Social events for me used to be um, drinking drinking alcohol. It was all based around drinking alcohol. Um, northeast of England, that's where I'm from. That's what just what everybody does. So I did that as well. And I, and, and I must say that over, that over the last 20 years since I've been on this path, I fell off the wagon many times. You know, when I was depressed, when things weren't working, and I would go on drink binges and I would be smoking weed. And I'd go back to my old ways, but I always got back on the wagon. You know, I always went back to digging for information, applying it, staying off, you know, away from that life for long, long periods of time. Um, and <clears throat> I'm finished with all that now. But um it's been it's been a hard it's been a hard slog, but it's been worth it. Because now, because I what I feel as though the six years when the shit hit the fan, that, that robbed us of a, of a huge, huge part of my life. Not just the six years, but for many years after that, you know, like, um, so like I felt as well, I felt as well, I lost out on, you know, missed out on a lot of things. But now I feel as well being given a new lease of life. And I'm really excited for the future. In my experience of, of like working with clients, um, there's, a quote which I've heard a little while ago, and it kind of sums up a lot of the experience I've, I've had working with clients. It's from Margaret Mead, and she said something like, it's easier to change a man's religion than it is to change his diet. Um, and that's definitely been my experience working with coaching clients. It's not easy at all. You can give people all the information in the world, but they need something in their life that's going to be a powerful motivator. And the classic example is with personal trainers, just, uh, somebody who's getting married or something like that. It's a big event that people get, get focused on. And, you know, it's nice to have a, a positive motivator like that. But oftentimes the motivators um, are, are negative. They're, they're, they're a crisis. And unfortunately, that's what it takes for a lot of people to, to think about making these kinds of changes. They need a big why, don't they? So, I mean, I, yeah. I, I never had a problem, me. I've always had, I've always, um, you know, I've always been the type of person I think big. You know, I always want to push things and see what I'm going to accomplish. And when you haven't got your health, <clears throat> when you haven't got your health, you know, it's hard to, it's hard, to, it's hard to be like that. So the first thing I had to do was rebuild my health. And the first step of rebuilding your health is what you put in your mouth three times a day. So you can literally dig yourself in an early grave with a knife and fork, and you can dig yourself out of one. I think the challenge that we have with taking this information to, to more people is that 
not everybody's going to have an acute crisis uh, that they can recover from because the uh, the epidemic that we've got of chronic disease is often it's something that sneaks up on people. You can gain weight slowly and it normalizes in your mind because you only see the gradual change. Diabetes can come on gradually and it's only in the really later stages where it actually becomes something life-threatening, at which point it might be, could almost be too late. So these things are insidious and they creep up on people. And I think many people are just not seeing, as you said, the connection between what they eat and their health. I hear people all the time talking about their health problems. Um, I was in a coffee shop the other day. There were a, a, there's a group of older gentlemen sitting around talking about their prostate problems quite loud. Meanwhile, they're drinking great big, you know, cups of hot milk with sugar in uh, and not seeing the connection between what they're doing and the outcomes that they're getting. Um, I think people don't realize because we've normalized eating junk food, we've normalized um, we've normalized ill health and people don't see the connection that they're, they're poisoning themselves a little bit every day. And it's really hard for them to step outside and say, well, what everybody else is doing, um, that must be right because that's what everybody's doing. Um, and yeah, there's another quote which came to mind as well recently, which is um, one by Mark Twain. He said, whenever you find yourself on the side of the majority, it's time to pause and reflect. I think looking around now at the epidemic we have of ill health, um, well, the you majority, do need to be thinking unconventionally. The majority of the people don't think, do they? Mm. You know, I'm, I'm <clears throat> naturally I'm a I'm quite. I, I wouldn't say negative, but I'm, I, I tend to err on the side of <laughs> I tend to err on the side of um, you know, like neg negative. So like I've I've been a I've been a self help junkie, you know I I, I if if, I, if I'm if I was out with if, if I'm having a down day I will pick a book up, I go straight to the problem, and you know it's, if it's just if it's negative thing and it's a problem and it's stopping me from taking positive action I'll go straight to straight to a book, and you find that after fifteen minutes of reading a, reading one of these books you know, um the whole thing it changes, um but the, but the, the majority of people don't think. I'd love to know more about your coaching because you describe yourself as a strength coach, but I think there's there's more to it than just lifting weights. So what kind of people do you work with and, and what are you helping them with in general? Well, I tend to, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm taking me, I'm about to take me training online, but um, I tend to attract a lot of, a lot of blokes, a lot of, uh, a lot of guys. I think it is because of my mindset, because of how disciplined I am. Um and I tend to, I tend to attract uh, guys who want to who want to be like that. And you're right; it's not just lifting weights; it's it's strength, it's mental strength as well. Um, I love the I love the Stoic philosophy. You know, I'm a big big proponent of uh, of, of reading that on a regular basis. You know, I love the the Epictetus quote: "If you're going to starve to death, you might as well do it in a calm and confident manner." You know. I haven't heard that one. <laughs> I like that. So, are you helping people with uh, as well as their their strength coach strength coaching? You're also helping them with their mindset and how they go about living their life. Mm. Yeah, nutrition and mindset. Yeah, training, nutrition, and mindset is speciality. In fact, I'm bringing a, I'm about to bring an online product out called the Turning Point. Um, 
for men who want to totally turn their lives around. And it's going to be based around strength, training, nutrition, mindset, and your purpose, you know, your life purpose, what you were put on this planet to do. Because I, I feel as though that's what I've been put on this planet to do. I feel as though that's why I went through the six years of hell to actually put us onto this path. You know, I feel this is me. I feel, I feel as though my purpose is to help men do what I'm doing. You know, to heal, heal yourself and to show others how to heal themselves. Yeah, I think people can probably sense that about you when they meet you. That's probably why you're attracting people who want help with that kind of thing. And if you can channel those experiences that you've had into something that's going to be powerful and help other people, then, uh, you know, that's a huge victory. Yeah. Um, I've got someone to really, really um, you know, one time I used to, I used to wait, you wake up in the morning, you've got to drag yourself out of bed. But like I say, now I get up at three o'clock every morning to work on me, on my computer, on me. Shit. Hmm. Where can people find out more about what you're doing then? Yeah, well, the best place at the minute, I haven't released the product yet. So Instagram, um, Radical Strength Coach. Okay, that's great. Well, I think we can probably wrap the conversation up here. Um, thanks very much for your time. Thanks for sharing, um, you know, these, these personal stories that not everybody would, would want to share and would want to talk about. But I think it is really beneficial for people. It's about more than just the diet. The carnivore diet is a big part of, um, you know, what I wanted to talk to you about, but um, there's a lot more to what you're doing and a lot more going on than just the diet side of things. Uh, so thanks again for your time and uh, hopefully we can do this again sometime. Well, thanks for um, giving us the opportunity to put this information out there, Ron. My pleasure. Okay.